leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. As always, I got Jack McCurry rolling alongside with me. Jack, man, how are we doing today? Doing all right. Um, you know, still on vacation. I got to go into work tomorrow, and then I'm off again the rest of the week. But, uh, you know, can't complain about much. Uh, you know, I'm healthy. Life's good. Browns are four and one, man. So not too much to complain about. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a fun week. Uh, or the last, uh, really yesterday and today, you know, after the Browns going four and one, things are a lot less stressful when you think about football and you know think about the Browns and uh, you know this is something that you and I haven't seen uh, before. Uh, I mean, we were both like two and three the last time that a, a four and one start has happened uh, for the Browns. So, um, you know, this is the first time that we really get to experience this and it, it's a, it's a fun ride. And, you know, obviously there's a big game on Sunday uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, um, you know, we want to get in here. Uh, we're going to have uh, Tony Serino on, uh, on Thursday to, to break that game down. But uh, on this episode, we have um, some Browns news to discuss uh, we're going to go around the AFC North a little bit and uh, even talk some topics that are, are going uh, around the NFL currently. I don't mean to cut you off, but I completely forgot because I mentioned this Sunday night. This is our 200th episode of the pod, too, man. I mean, this is I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, it just shows, uh, I guess, our awareness of uh of where we're at right now, it's great. Yeah, it is crazy that uh, we've done 200 of these things. You know, when we started this thing, uh, was it four years ago now? Um, it was spring that, of 2017. So yeah, it's about it was about four seasons ago. So yeah, it's been crazy. Time has flown. We we've suffered through a lot of losing. So the fact that we're flowing right now is a uh, is a nice change of pace, and hopefully uh, it continues to be that way. Um, we wanted to discuss some of the Browns news uh, that's out there. And Jack, we're going to start with Greedy Williams, who uh, the, the Browns placed on uh, injured reserve on Monday with a, a pinch or just a, a nerve damage in his shoulder. It's not a pinch nerve. It's just nerve damage in his shoulder. Um, you know, they thought and many people thought that over the last you know, three or four weeks, he'd be able to play, he'd be able to get in there, but it just hasn't happened. And, you know, I think clearly there's some kind of setback uh, with Greedy, and I know they were expecting him to do a lot this season. Jack, um, without having Greedy in there, they've done, uh, between Terrence Missile and Denzel Ward, they've done a, a decent job. But now, you know, for the foreseeable future, Greedy's not going to be there. So how do you think this secondary who has been hit hard with injuries all year long is now going to have to continue to not have uh, one of its projected starters at cornerback? Yeah, it's really disappointing that, you know, we may not see Greedy Williams at all this season. I know um, Kevin Stefanski and even Adam Schefter reiterated that 
they they're hopeful he'll come back. He doesn't need surgery, which is a good thing. Um, but it is disappointing because you know Greedy was one of these guys that everybody was going to keep an eye on, see if he was going to be able to have a bounce back second year after a, a rookie year in which he struggled. Um, but who knows? And now his future will be even more in the air because you know the Browns could be in a situation next year where you know Mitchell will be a free agent, Kevin Johnson will be a free agent and the Browns could be in a spot where they draft another corner. Um, especially cause there is some talented corners coming out in, in the 2021 draft. So definitely going to be something to keep an eye on there. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, this could be why the Browns didn't place him on IR at the beginning of the year, because they were probably hopeful that, you know, the nerve damage would, uh, you know, heal up in time and they didn't feel like maybe they had to put him on injured reserve. Now they're in a situation where they they felt they had to maybe shut him down because maybe they were trying to get him to work through it or see if he could rehab it. Uh, now they might just be shutting him down just to see if it'll heal on its own with more time. And if not, they'll take the next step. But definitely disappointing. Uh, Greedy was one of the guys I was definitely keeping an eye on coming into this season. But now it's just kind of uh, sit and wait. But you know, it's not a major loss because Terrence Mitchell's played well. Kevin Johnson has slid in comfortably into that nickel role. Um, you know, we've seen flashes from other corners as well. So, and of course we have Denzel, who's one of the best in the game. So uh, all is not lost, but it's unfortunate that we won't get to see Greedy for some time now. Yeah, thank goodness there's a, a little bit of depth there with uh, uh, Ward and crew. Uh at least at cornerback, you know, those um, they've played well as a unit. I know the the rest of the secondary really hasn't, uh, but, uh, you know, they've kind of held it down so far and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, nothing else happens to where they'd be really put in the bind, but, um, you know, they're not going to have uh, greeting for the foreseeable future. Another guy they're not going to have for the foreseeable future is Garrett Gilbert, who, Signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Gilbert was on the Browns practice squad after uh, being cut after um, during the roster cutdowns uh, back when those got trimmed. And so he has to Dallas. And now uh, I would imagine um, they'd have to find a, a practice squad quarterback unless they have a second one on there that I'm forgetting at the moment. But, um, you know, I. Dallas obviously lost Dak Prescott uh, probably for the season, most likely for the season. And so they're, they're more likely he'll be uh, Andy Dalton's backup uh, for the foreseeable future down in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the NFL teams have had the ability to protect guys, but the day after games, typically Monday, you know, teams have that window to where they can snatch guys off the practice squad. And Dallas obviously took that uh, uh, moment and signed Der Garrett Gilbert to have as a third quarterback. You know, he might end up being the backup, like you said, to Andy Dalton. Uh, it's unfortunate because he had that connection with Baker Mayfield. They, they're from the same town, went to the same school. Um, and, you know, the fact that the Browns had protected Gilbert each of the first few weeks of the season showed that they you know, I think had a vested interest in him uh, to keep him around as an extra arm, just in case, especially this week, it's kind of concerning because 
you know, Baker has, you know, that rib injury, you know, he was, you know, shaking his hand a little bit when he took some of them hits late in the game on Sunday. Uh, maybe that would have been a situation where they call him up to, you know, potentially to be an emergency quarterback had, you know, Baker for some reason wouldn't be able to play, although he's going to, and they'd have to throw Keenum out there. So, uh, I think it's a it's a hit for the Browns, but like you said, maybe they go out and find somebody else to sign to the practice squad. Um, they did have, I think his name was Davidson during trading camp. Maybe they bring him back. So, uh, I mean, we wouldn't have seen Gilbert probably this year, but obviously the Browns had some kind of uh, trust in him that they kept him around on the practice squad. Yeah, you know... Uh... Maybe uh, if one of our backups was, was playing, we'd have a, a better record, uh, according to some radio stations. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i not surprised he got posted. I know he's had that connection. You know, really, the, the Browns are extremely comfortable having Keenum uh, as a backup. They, they gave him quite a bit of money. So um, they'll be able to find somebody uh, to stick on there on the practice squad at, at some point. Um, going around the, the AFC North, uh, it, you know, something that we wanted to, to do on this podcast and kind of, you know, look at the current situation because right now, Jack, th- there are three teams uh, in the AFC North um, that are really fighting for that top spot with the, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still haven't lost the game yet, and the Cleveland Browns. And when you look at these three teams, um, you know, a lot of people thought going into the season that there's a, a possibility with the expanded, expanded playoffs that these three teams could get into the the postseason. And, you know, right now, if the season were to end today, that would be the case. Um, Jack, are, are we surprised by uh, the, the amount of uh, uh, wins that the AFC North has piled up to pretty much be the, the best division in football with the, the Browns? the Steelers and the Ravens? No, not at all. I think, you know, when they expanded the playoffs this year, um, I think a lot of people had three AFC North teams just because the amount of talent on each of those teams and the starts that they're all having, it's it's not a surprise. I mean, you know, Baltimore was coming coming off a 14-2 and two season last year. Obviously, they got knocked out in the divisional round. Or was it the wild card round? I don't remember, but... um. I mean, they obviously had a good team, brought pretty practically everybody back except Earl Thomas. We knew Pittsburgh was always going to be a threat because of their defense and the fact that Ben Roethlisberger was coming back. And then, you know, the Browns were an unknown, according to some. uh, But I think it's clear and evident now that, you know, they upgraded the talent on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, They upgraded their coach, which obviously wasn't hard to do. If, if you watched Freddie Kitchens last year. So, I mean, we're sitting now, we got three teams with at least four wins. And, you know, if the playoffs started today, they'd all make the playoffs. And I think by the end of the season, all three are going to be in the playoff hunt, barring some epic collapse or unforeseen injury. Yeah. Uh, the other side of things, you have the Cincinnati Bengals who have struggled mightily this year. And, you know, it's that, you know, no fault to the quarterback who Joe Burrow has done a, a great job, um, you know, being a number one overall pick. The problem with them is the offensive line. And we saw this last couple of seasons with Baker Mayfield. 
the the offensive line for the the Bengals is not very good to to put it plain and simple, and uh, Joe Burrow is constantly getting pressured, constantly getting hit. You know, I was watching the the, the game um, on Sunday uh, against the Ravens, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he was getting hit every other play, and it, it it's a, a shame that um, he has to endure that. Uh, you hope that nothing serious happens, but the the way that offensive line looks, it looks like that at, at some point this season they're going to get him killed, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it through the entire season with the way the offensive line is playing. Yeah, I mean, he's already been sacked 22 times in five games, and uh, I did the math. He's on pace to be sacked 73 times if it stays on this pace uh, through the whole 16-game season. And, you know, we talked about this when we were previewing the Week 2 matchup, Browns versus Bengals, and we've seen what our defensive front did to their offensive line. Uh, it's real unfortunate because we all know how talented Joe Burrow is. Uh, he put it on display at LSU. Obviously, he was talented coming out of high school. That's why Ohio State recruited him. Uh, but we knew this was the situation for him. You know, they have all these skilled players down there in Cincinnati, but it all comes down to the to the offensive line. If they don't protect him, then Burrow doesn't have time to make throws and make plays. Um, you know, everybody was saying, oh, he's the next Derek Carr, or not Derek Carr, David Carr. Uh, we've seen the beating that he took uh, for that expansion Houston Texans team, and it, it ruined his career, obviously. I mean, he was he was out of there within three or four years. He was a backup the rest of his career. Never got to see what David Carr truly was as an NFL quarterback. So hopefully they get that together in Cincinnati, um, you know, except when they play the Browns, obviously, because um, Burrow is mega talented and he can get the, that franchise on the right track. But, I mean, if he keeps taking a beating, uh, we may never truly know how talented he really is. You know, you mentioned the the talent that they have on offense there. You know, guys like uh, uh, Joe Mixon and A.J. Green and um, Tyler Boyd, the other receivers that they have. Um, A.J. Green's kind of not been a, a factor uh, this season. And there's a, a instance uh, on Sunday during the game against the Ravens where uh, I don't know how much you want to get into lip reading, but – um, uh, it, it looked like whoever he was talking to, uh, he said something to the effect of just trade me then Jack, would you be surprised if, uh, AJ green is on the Bengals by the time the trade deadline comes? I mean, this was talked about last year and, you know, there was obviously the theory out there that, uh, his foot injury was just a way for him to not play because he knows, you know, how bad Cincinnati Bengals are. I just don't think that A.J. Green is handling this situation the right way. Um, I think it's obvious he would like to move on. You know, he's entering his, what, his ninth, tenth season. Uh, he clearly wants to go play for a contender. You just don't do business this way. I know it works It works for some, but like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but you obviously see where they're at right now in their NFL careers. One is about to get traded for, you know, uh, Nichols and, pennies where and the other one's out of the league so i mean could i see aj green moved maybe his he's got a big contract big cap hit um would be interesting to see who would be interested in him and where they would where he potentially fits 
but unfortunately, I think he's stuck in Cincinnati, uh, at least through this season. And then, you know, he can sign with someone else when he becomes a free agent this offseason. You know, we know that uh, ownership down there doesn't really like to, to move players uh, like that, especially ones that are on um, uh, uh, heavy contracts. So, you know, I, I would definitely not be surprised if he's on the, the Bengals uh, after the trade deadline, but uh, it certainly wouldn't shock me if uh, they're able to find somebody uh, to to take on that contract and, you know, get some draft capital in return. It's not going to be much, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they just decide to go ahead and move on from him. Uh, the team that they played on Sunday, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, are, are continuing uh, to have a fast start. Uh, you know, they only have one loss on the season. And, you know, the, the, the Ravens, while look imp- uh, impressive uh, defensively uh, against the Bengals, they kind of struggled a, a little bit on offense. I know they put up quite a bit of points, but uh, it was a struggle uh, on Sunday for Lamar Jackson to, to get things going. Um, you know, we saw this early in the season last year for the Ravens where they struggled to get things going. And after five, six weeks, uh, everything just clicked and it propelled them all the way into the playoffs uh, where they eventually lost to uh, the Tennessee Titans. Do you feel that uh, things will get clicking again for this Ravens offense to where they could be um, as dominant as they was uh, as dominant as they were last season? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, part of that could be, you know, just, you know, trying to get Lamar to throw more. And I think they're trying to showcase his abilities as a passer. And while Lamar can throw, that's obviously not the strength of his game. The strength of the, <clears throat> the game and obviously the Ravens offense is the running game. And, you know, while I think Lamar wants to prove to people that uh, he can throw and he can be one of these elite passers in the league, you, you got to keep rolling with what got you, to, got you to this point. And what got you to this point is obviously the running game. And while they are still putting up great numbers, 161 rushing yards per game, um, and obviously you have three talented backs back there in Ingram, Edwards, Dobbins, and obviously we know Lamar's ability as a runner too, just keep doing that. And when you keep doing that, the passing's going to open up. And I think also part of it is, you know, you don't really have – a serious threat at wide receiver or even tight end, even though Mark Andrews having a great season so far, 222 yards, five touchdowns, you have Marquise Brown, but is he really a legit number one threat? I would say no. So I think, you know, if they want that passing game to open up, they may need to go out and find a legit number one receiver. Maybe they call Cincinnati and ask them what it will take to get AJ green. Wouldn't want to see that as a Browns fan personally, but you know, they were linked to Des Bryant. They were linked to Antonio Brown during the offseason. I think they were even linked to Josh Gordon at one point, even though, and he's already re signed with the Seattle Seahawks and obviously is waiting reinstatement. But if the Ravens want to prove and Lamar Jackson wants to prove that he can be one of these elite passing quarterbacks, they may need to go out and get that legit home run threat at wide receiver because I just don't know if Marquise Brown's really going to be that guy for him long term. Um, Speaking of wide receivers, uh, the team that the Browns play uh, on Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, their rookie rookie wide receiver, Chase Claypool, scored four touchdowns in their win over the Eagles. He had three receiving touchdowns, and he ended up uh, getting another one on a run. 
it, you know, Jack, it just seems that Pittsburgh year after year um, is able to find talent uh, in the draft uh, in that wide receiver room, whether it's Antonio Brown or it's Juju Schuster, whether now it's this year with Chase Claypool. Um, I know there was a lot of talk that Claypool mo- could move uh, to tight end uh, during the draft process, but uh, the Steelers have found a, a very good way to to utilize him, and you saw that with the incredible production that he had uh, in the Steelers win on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I was amazed by him, and you know, there I think it was a tight end at Notre Dame, uh, but they have converted him to a wide receiver. And, I mean, he's getting off to an unbelievable start. I mean, and this is something I think we should definitely talk about with Tony later this week. Uh, the Steelers, and you mentioned it, they just keep churning out wide. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Receivers year after year. And, you know, there's the talk in Pittsburgh. Are they going to extend Juju Smith-Schuster? Well, honestly, you're looking at it right now. You won't need to. You have James Washington there, who's, you know, practically their fourth receiver right now. You got Deontay Johnson, who many think is another star in the making at receiver. Uh, Claypool, obviously. And they had a guy on Sunday, Ray Ray McLeod. He's 24 years old. He was making plays uh, as both uh, with jet sweeps and all that. So that could be another wide receiver they have in the making. But they just continue to churn them out. I'm fascinated to see, like, what they do in terms of developing wide receivers because you know that would be something that maybe the browns need to implement for when you know landry and beckham hit the backside of their careers the browns have wide receivers to step up and start contributing after they're gone so uh you know claypool is a stud uh hopefully the browns are developing a solid game plan to shut him down on sunday because he's definitely uh probably their biggest threat on offense right now you know, I, I think the thing with Pittsburgh, and I, I agree that we should talk uh, to Tony about this on Thursday, is the the thing about what Pittsburgh always does so well is they draft guys two or three years in advance of the person they're going to be replacing. It's not often where you get a rookie like Claypool in there and, and make an immediate impact for the Steelers. And I think that that's what makes the situation uh, very different. You know, they have a, a guy in Juju on the other side of him, but um, if Claypool is able to uh, continue on the production he had in this game on Sunday, you know, they're certainly going to have to to play him more often and not let um, him sit and whatnot. You know, he certainly seems to have forced his way onto the football field. It paid off for them on Sunday. And now they've shown that, all right, now we have two guys you really have to cover and look over um, to to go on top of James Washington and others. So um, they're going to have to pay attention to where Claypool is at all times and obviously uh, where where Juju is uh, um, among others. And uh, they're certainly going to challenge this Brown secondary who – uh, you know, let's be honest, has been uh, less than stellar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
our our secondary is going to have to play their best game all season this Sunday because there are so many weapons in that Steelers uh, offense that, you know, it's going to be up to, and especially the safeties like Sendejo, he's been struggling. He needs to have his best game, whether it's Ronnie Harrison or Carl Joseph or Sheldrick Redwine, like they got to protect that middle of the field because you have all these guys who can kill you with the big play. Uh, and all it takes is one of those deep throws by Ben, even though he's been struggling with that deep ball this year, um, which isn't a surprise coming off the elbow injury, but all it takes is one big play and it could really make or break the Browns uh, potential five game winning streak. And it'll really, it could really shift the game on Sunday for sure. Uh, before we get uh, out of here, Jack, we wanted to go around the NFL a little bit and touch upon some of the, the news topics uh, that are going on currently. Uh, it's weird to have a, a NFL game on a Tuesday, but that's what we're going to have tonight. Um, the Tennessee Titans finally get back on the football field as they play uh, the Buffalo Bills this evening. Um, obviously, Tennessee has dealt with a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, COVID cases and, and an outbreak uh, within the team. Um, Jack, I, I know you and I have talked off air about the, the NFL's handling of uh, the schedule for um, for this game and among other games that they have had to move. Um, Jack, after being gone for so long, are Tennessee Titans going to be able to, uh, you think, still compete and, and play at a high level uh, tonight against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna look a little rusty. That's for sure because obviously, you know, their training facility's been shut down. They did go practice at a high school uh, fo- uh, field last week and got busted for it. It's going to be interesting to see how the league. Um, throws down the hammer on them in terms of uh, punishment because, you know, there was the rules like they couldn't, they couldn't group together with the facility being shut down. But um, yeah, I think they will be a little rusty. They're obviously going up against a tough Buffalo team. That's been off to a hot start. Um, So hopefully, you know, it's a good game. Obviously, you know, this is actually, it's going to be interesting. Like does the NFL toy with the idea of having Tuesday night football? I mean, obviously I think they'd like to have it every night of the week if they'd like to. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect some rust at first by Tennessee and then, you know, hopefully they get back on track. Maybe they just, you know, focus heavily on the running game tonight. Like if anybody has Derek Henry and your fantasy football team, you might get a big outing out of him. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how good they look after being on such a layoff because of the COVID situation. How, how do uh, you feel about the, the NFL's handling of the schedule? I know uh, we saw today where, you know, they're discussing that uh, the, the playoffs in the Super Bowl could be in a, a controlled bubble, but with specifically what's happened to the Tennessee Titans and affected other teams as well, um, you know, like the Steelers where, uh, the Steelers had to have their bye week last week because the, the game was postponed um, and, and they moved it on to, to later in the season. How do we feel uh, about the, the NFL's handling of this and uh, what they've done, what they haven't done with um, uh, in terms of making everything uh, right with the schedule and maybe not planning on something like this happening and, and including more bye weeks when they originally uh, release the the schedule. Yeah, I think, you know, 
they should have added more bye weeks and they needed to be more flexible with the schedule uh, because I think everybody knew that this situation could happen and was going to happen, uh, you know, once Tennessee had happened. And then obviously, you know, New England losing two of their best players uh, to with the COVID virus that they, they knew that everything had to be flexible. And obviously they shook everything up. Uh, I know some players weren't happy. Melvin Gordon was very uh, outspoken when he said, like, we practiced all week, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell us we can't play because, obviously, New England had COVID cases and they had to shut things down. But, um, you know, you have to feel for some teams, but then again, you don't because some didn't follow the protocols, obviously. And, you know, kudos to the teams that haven't had COVID cases yet and have done things the right way, hopefully – you know, it it shows that, you know, if you do the right things that this virus won't get you. And, you know, <clears throat> obviously, you know, they you, you mentioned the bubble talk like it, the NBA prime example. The bubble worked. I mean, they they handled it the right way. Yeah. Players had to be away from their families. Coaches had to be away from their families. Media that uh, was able to be in the bubble had to be away from their families for three months. But Things got handled the right way. There was no hiccups, and they finished the season. And obviously, baseball uh, is doing the playoff bubble. They're letting fans in for the championship series and the World Series, but they're proving that the bubble's working. I mean, obviously, they had their hiccups during the regular season, but, I mean, the NFL, it's going to be interesting to see what they have in mind for their playoff bubble, but I think it just shows it's working. And if teams don't do the right things obviously you're going to be in a situation like the titans where you have you shook the whole schedule up just because you guys didn't handle the situation the right way and followed the correct protocol yeah i think the um the playoff bubbles is a really good idea uh that's something that i I think should have been uh, a possibility from the the get-go of the season um moving on to uh, the Saints now, who had a very nice uh, come-from-behind win last night to, against the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, Justin Herbert, who's looked very good uh, so far this season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, they have uh, an issue with one of their star players, uh, Michael Thomas, who was in an altercation uh, late last week. The team decided to discipline him. You know, much like uh, A.J. Green, maybe uh, Thomas, with the things that have gone on there, uh, could be facing uh, being put on the the trading block. Is that something that you could foresee, Jack? Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it was surprising. Obviously, Michael Thomas has been injured, and then you you see these reports like he's not going to play. Then it comes out that he got in a fight with a teammate, and then there was a report today that you know, he was being disobedient to the coaches when they told him to, you know, back off, you know, calm down. And I mean, it's unlike him. We never heard this stuff uh, at Ohio state when he was with the uh, Buckeyes, but uh, do I see them trading him? Maybe not yet. Maybe if it keeps continuing this way, I mean, obviously they do say every superstar wide receiver has diva tendencies and they're finally starting to come out of Michael Thomas. Uh, uh, I don't think they trade him because I think you see that the Saints offense obviously uh, seems more uh, on point when he's out there, although they uh, looked pretty good last night in the comeback win. It was funny. 
I, I had said in like the first half, I said, this is the week where we finally realized Philip Rivers and Drew Brees were washed. And then, you know, Brees leads them to come back on a comeback victory with the Chargers. So uh, I don't think they trade Thomas just yet. But I mean, if he, st- he keeps acting like a diva, um, who knows? Um, there's also been two teams that have uh, made head coaching changes. Uh, one is the Houston Texans, who fired Bill O'Brien, and the Atlanta Falcons, who fired um, Dan Quinn. Um, obviously, those two franchises have had uh, high expectations, and you know a- Atlanta has uh, done nothing but struggled since being up 28 to three against the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, a few years ago, um, ever since then, things have just gone completely downhill for the Falcons. And uh, with the Texans, um, that's going to be a, an interesting situation because uh, whoever comes in there, uh, the new general manager, new coach, they don't have a first or second round pick uh, in next year's draft. And you would tend to think that uh, players on that team, um, maybe besides, a, you know, maybe besides like Deshaun Watson, um, Everybody's touchable, uh, I, w- I would think, in terms of uh, trades and, um, you know, being moved. And that's certainly a, a, uh, something that could happen. I, I don't know how much they would trade without really having a, a GM right now. But uh, I could certainly see some guys getting moved before the trading deadline. And kind of the, the same for the Falcons. If they want to, uh, you know, move on from Matt Ryan, which is uh, some of the, the talk today, um, that the ownership and Arthur Blank isn't really sold on him uh, at, at this moment. So we could see uh, two teams really sell off pieces here um, uh, over the next couple of weeks before the trading deadline. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get to talk about, obviously, Bill O'Brien getting fired last week. But, you know, I think Bill O'Brien, the GM, really got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. I mean, you look at some of the moves he has made, um, you know, trading DeAndre Hopkins, not getting much back in return for him, uh, trading two number ones for Laramie Tunsil and paying him a big contract, yet the offensive line is still struggling. Um, I think you've just seen it when, you know, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, just their post-game press conferences uh, prior to the firing, like, they did not look happy. There was obviously reports coming out after the fact that, you know, JJ Watt uh, got into an argument with O'Brien on the practice field. So uh, that just shows that they didn't have much confidence in him. They go out and win this past Sunday. Romeo Cornell's their interim coach. I mean, good job for Romeo. There's a video of him dancing in the locker room. Like, nice to see Romeo get another shot at head coach. He's obviously one of the best dudes uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, in terms of their fire sale, I agree with you. Like everybody, but Deshaun Watson's up for grabs. The problem is they don't really have any players that could garner top draft picks. Maybe they trade JJ Watt, but I don't see that anybody giving up a first round pick for him. Maybe a two, maybe a three that could become a two. Uh, a lot of the other guys are just not that talented. Uh, you know, just I don't see them garnering top draft picks. So, like you said, whoever the next GM and head coach is, they're kind of in a tough situation for the next couple years at least. And then with Atlanta, I mean, Dan Quinn getting fired wasn't a surprise. Uh, and, but Dimitrov kind of was their GM, uh, although he's been there for a long time. And uh, some of their top draft picks really didn't pan out uh, 
outside of, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, Matt Ryan, um, he's struggling, but he's got a big cap hit this year and next year. He's pretty much untradeable. Uh, are they going to be in the QB market if they keep losing? I would think so. And then try to move Matt Ryan at some point. Uh, but they need to completely just tear that down in Atlanta. I would think, you know, they try to move Julio Jones. Uh, maybe they move Alex Mack if a team needs an offensive lineman. Uh, but that's that both of those situations, if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson, I could see Houston and Atlanta just tearing it down and going full on rebuild. Uh, so that those two situations are definitely going to be interesting to watch to see who they ultimately bring in as the next head coaches for each team. You know, at least uh, it's nice that right now we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully we're not worrying about that for like the next 10 years. Um, I'm tired of coaching changes and looking at coaching candidates and, Thankfully, we don't have to do that this year, uh, or absolutely, for, or for like I said, the next like ten years, hopefully. So no, um, just waiting on the Jets, and when are they? Fired? Yeah, fire Adam Gates. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that one is certainly the the next one. Uh, I would think would would come down. Is there any other uh, coach you think is, is is on the hot seat to where uh, they could join uh, the the Falcons and the Texans and uh, eventually the Jets and looking for a head coach? Uh, off the top of my head, I would, I mean, Jacksonville seems like a next uh, one that could likely happen. Does the Giants fire Joe Judge if, like, they're 0-5 right now? Are they, I mean, Joe Judge was kind of a shocking hire at the time. It was Patriots special teams coach. No one really knew about him. Like, he could be one. And I feel like at that point, you would fire him. You might as well fire Gettleman and start over. Uh, Daniel Jones isn't looking too good, so they're going to be in the QB market, obviously. Uh, Anthony Lynn, maybe they're one and four, although Justin Herbert's looking pretty damn good as a rookie. I mean, those would be the other, those would be the teams, obviously, I could see coming next behind the Jets, Jacksonville, the Chargers, and the Giants. Uh, And even, you know, the Lions, you got to talk about, obviously, with Matt Patricia, he's struggling. The Vikings one and four. I mean, Mike Zimmer's probably getting towards the end of the road. I mean, you always see like six to eight teams switching head coaches every year. So uh, obviously we are at two. And I just named like six teams that all could be making switches at the end of the year for sure. How about the uh, how about the Eagles coach? Uh, or do you give him possibly a, another quarterback to work with before you make that decision? Well, I'm, you know, because let him, let me see what he could do with Jalen Hurts before you really want to make the decision, the switch. I mean, I mean, it's obvious Doug Peterson showed something when he won that Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I mean, Carson Wentz has been struggling, and that looks better and better for Deep Podesta and Sashi uh, every week. Um, but, yeah, I'd let him, hey, see what he could do with Jalen Hurts. If it doesn't work, then pull the plug, but... Uh, the NFC East is obviously a complete dumpster fire of a division as a whole. So uh, who knows? I wouldn't give, I wouldn't cut ties with Doug Peterson just yet. He seemed like a pretty good coach. So uh, I wouldn't throw him in there just yet, but crazier things have happened. All right, Jack, uh, as we get on out of here, is there anything else that uh, we want to discuss? No, we're good. Uh, I tweeted it out, but uh, just thanks everybody that has listened or contributed to this podcast uh, through the first 200 episodes. Uh, 
I won't speak for Anthony, but we uh, uh, definitely appreciate you guys uh, for listening and uh, whoever's been a guest. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, here's the 200 more. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you speak for me because that's, that's pretty much my sentiment as well. I, I really appreciate all our listeners, those who listen to us every week, um, whenever we put out a podcast, those of us who, those of you who read uh, us on the website, um, those of us who have followed us and supported us, um, we truly appreciate it. And, you know, we, Jack and I, um, we do this because we love it. We really enjoy it. And, you know, it with, without listeners, uh, you know, we really want to have a show. So, you know, we really truly appreciate all you guys and everybody else who's been on the podcast as a guest. We've had so many different people on and, um, it's just been a, a fantastic ride so far, and you know we're going to continue this ride, and hopefully we can continue the ride with the Browns uh, winning more games. Hopefully they win this game uh, on Sunday uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, move to five and one. Uh, and if that's the case, this uh, the city and this uh, section of Ohio is going to be uh, pretty much uh, on fire, and it's going to be a, a great time. And um, uh, until then, like I said, we'll be back. Uh, Thursday night with Tony Serino. Uh, we'll talk Brown Steelers with him. Until then, and as always, most importantly, go Browns. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.